Tots for Tots, the annual campaign that helps uh, less fortunate children throughout the U.S. experience the joy of Christmas. Well, I just heard from a big, big time Baylor luminary that was going to make his uh, way out here with one of those. Uh, you, so what they want is new unwrapped toys. Now, you can do this through December 9th. Today we're doing a big kickoff event. Drop it in the bed of the 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cab pickup truck on the showroom floor, and the Marines uh, will then distribute those toys to children in need throughout Central Texas. All right, a man that has a young family, golly, four kids at the house. I don't know if he should come by here because the kids, your kids, Stephen, are going to want some of these toys. They're toys all over the place. Stephen Simcox, noted uh, TCU uh, alum and uh, longtime member of the Matt Mosley Show, uh, joining us now. And um, Stephen, um, it's, it's a cool deal, isn't it? Toys for Tots. I know you'll drop by here at some point, but that is a neat way to kind of kick off your uh, your, uh, your your the Christmas season is to see all those toys going toward uh, kids. I'm, we may hear some from some of your kids during this segment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, it's always a great deal at Richard Carr. Appreciate them for you know sponsoring the station and putting together that great drive. But uh, great thing for the community, and yeah, I mean. Everybody who has kids or was a kid at some point, which is all of us, kind of understands that that big feeling on Christmas Day when you get something you want or you get some uh, outstanding toys. So really, really glad you're out there, man, kicking it off. And I know you'll you'll bring the people out to to help get that started in a big way. Aaron, you know what this show does. Um, <laughs> and and Stephen, now I'm talking to you. Stephen, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, it really sounds like you're kind of moving around, doing some stuff. I kind of, you know, I can't, I can't not comment. Doug Furch has, has made his way by uh, with his unwrapped toy. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Give me a sickum. Yeah, that was a, that was a good job. I appreciate it. Made a special trip out here, and uh, always good to see Doug. And uh, that was that was really cool to see him bring some toys in. I'd like to see Doug hadn't been out shopping for toys in a while. Wonder where he went. Now, Stephen, um, this is a a very exciting time for the Horn Frogs, and that is your alma mater. And um, I mean. I, I'm sure, kind of knowing how you are, and you're a good fan, but you're also a guy who talks about the frogs on your Locked In podcast. I, I know how you think. You thought this thing at some point was going to come to an end, and quite honestly, it just hasn't. Um, with each passing week, and with that big win in Austin, are you? I, I know you've believed, started to believe, but are you still almost in a state of shock that TCU would be? 10 and 0 in this in this situation there's still some shock there i mean it, it is amazing they've they've doubled their win total from last year you know they were i mean they were five and seven last season they did have a chance to go to a bowl game in the last week of the year um they pulled off a few upsets but honestly like they got blown out in a lot of games too and they did not look like a team that was close to to turning the corner um in this way i mean to where we're talking about a big 12 title appearance um, possibly the college football playoffs if they can hold on here the next few weeks. But, yeah, the, the game in Austin was a huge hurdle to clear. You know, it was funny, Matt. I mean, obviously this is just kind of how it goes with Texas, but they won that big game in Manhattan against K-State. 
And it was just sort of like, okay, it's a foregone conclusion. They're going to be the team that ends TCU's perfect season, and Quinn's going to light it up, and B. John Robinson's going to be outstanding. And you know, they were seven-and-a-half-point underdogs going into that ball game. TCU was. I feel like just about every national analyst that I saw picked against TCU. And it, it got to the point where, like, Thursday and Friday I was wondering, man, am I, am I like, missing something about this matchup? Is, is it so lopsided that they really don't have much of a shot? But they pulled it out in a really sort of weird way. I mean, it was the first time the defense put together a full 60 minutes, and they were able to make a few plays on offense to get it done. But, um, I mean, now, like – Going to Waco is going to be tough this week, and then Iowa State at home. But that's it for the regular season. So it's hard not to start thinking ahead and, and looking at the schedule and saying, I mean, they're, they're really not that far from winning out in the regular season now if they can find a way to win these last couple games. So it's been an incredible turnaround. And, uh, yeah, I certainly didn't expect this. I thought they could be a team that got to bowl eligibility, could win seven or eight games, and that would be a good start for the Sunny Dykes era and – He's exceeded expectations in just a massive way in, in his first season on the job. I think he's almost done too well. I mean, like, where do you go from here? Where do <laughs> yeah, you go from yeah. this season? You know, if he ever loses, then they're going to be like, well, okay, why didn't you go undefeated? And uh, this is interesting. I mean, Sonny Dykes connected in a huge way with Dallas people uh, when he was at SMU. It was awkward to go right across town to TCU but he's done it, and he's done it beautifully. When you look at this thing and you've been analyzing it, like, what do you think is the most important, like, character trait or or something he's done for the culture? And, again, we both love Gary. I actually love him more than you do uh, and and was kind of happy for Gary when it was 0-0, and it was 3 nothing because I'm like, both defenses – are are his in a way i mean i was ready to give him credit on uh for both you know running both defenses but what's the from a culture standpoint as you've examined this thing what's the what's the like the night and day part of this like what's the biggest thing you think sonny's brought that 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 has brought you know that has helped lay the foundation for this amazing turnaround yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's it's tricky to, like, analyze coaches' personalities because I think so much of it just kind of comes down to whether they win or lose. I mean, obviously Gary was so tough-minded and just hard-nosed and was really tough on his players, and that worked for a long time. I think Sonny is much more relaxed. He's given the guys a lot of freedom. And I don't know if that's the right way to coach, but I, I just think in this specific situation, it's been a real breath of fresh air for these players because it's such a 180 from what they experienced the first couple of years of their career with Gary and the staff there. But um, I just think the biggest thing he does well, if he really is kind of a CEO coach, you know, he's got an offensive mindset. That's his background. He obviously comes from that kind of air raid tech, Michael Leach tree. But at the same time, I mean, Garrett Riley's his offensive coordinator. He went out and hired Joe Gillespie from Tulsa, who was someone I didn't know a lot about. I mean, I knew he was at Stephenville before that or he was at Stephenville when he was coaching in the high school ranks. Um, and he's been a, a really great D.C. He's kind of mixed things up a little bit from the foundation that Gary left and has they've improved in a big way as the season's gone on. Um, you know, he, he had Rashad Samples here, who was a huge piece of his coaching staff at SMU, and he actually got hired by the Rams before the season started. But he brought in Anthony Jones from Memphis as a running backs coach. And um, he's got some guys like Brian Carrington, who was in Austin – 
with at Texas for a while and also spent some time at USC as a recruiting coordinator. I just think he's really good at evaluating talent, building a coaching staff, and kind of understanding where people, what people excel at and letting them do their job. I, I believe that's been the biggest sort of um, change in, in the regime, and it's, it's, it's something I didn't realize about him. I mean, I knew he did a good job at SMU, but I really just saw him as kind of a one-dimensional guy. I thought he was an offensive coach who could get you to a place where you were scoring a lot of points, and you had a high-flying team that, you know, had some swagger to them because that SMU group, as you said, like they, they really tried to dig into identifying as the, the school of Dallas, the, you know, with the people of Dallas. Um, but I just – I think he understands all aspects of, of the game and of the program, and he knows where to put people so that they can succeed. And that's been kind of the biggest um, – I guess attribute that's led to their success this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Talking to Stephen Simcox on the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas, our longtime producer and friend, and a TCU alum, also from right here in Central Texas, and uh, McGregor, one of the great communities around here. And so we're having fun out here today at Richard Carr with the uh, Toys for Tots. We're having a great time now. And by the way, was Carrington that you mentioned, was he the uh, the one who riled up the Texas Tech people with his, like, cactus yeah, comment are. or something? Is that who that is? Okay, Brian Carrington. Yeah. I was uh, trying to remember who got under the Tech people's skin, and I think that was it. And, uh, and of course, uh, for TCU has uh, had this incredible season. I think Texas Tech is getting better uh, as well. This is – it's also got to be weird, uh, Stephen – to have like the Fox Big Noon and Game Day, college game day, like following your team around. I mean, as good as Gary had it at times, let's not act like college game day was lining up to be in Fort Worth all the time. And I don't know, maybe we need to give Brett Yormark some credit as well. But um, I'll tell you, when I was watching that disaster the other night, and the game ends 31-3, I was not really thinking about the Fox Big Noon kickoff coming to town. Uh, I still think it's a little weird, but and what I don't want to happen is the Frogs to come down here and, and it look like they're in Fort Worth, you know, because I, I, yeah. I mean, what do, you, what do you sense? I mean, you, you have a good pulse of that campus because you were there. Is the fandom, like, now pretty much on the verge of going crazy? Like, will there be – you know how Tech does it. Now, they don't have a size of fan base that Tech does, but Tech's great at getting into opposing teams' field and, and kind of taking over. Are, are, do you we think Frogs or will try to invade McLean Stadium Saturday? I think they're going to do their best. I mean, it's definitely re-energized the fan base. You know, I, I remember the end of last year, it was real lackadaisical, you know, half-full stadium. Um, so as far as filling up Amon Carter, they've done that in a big way. There were a number of fans in Austin on Saturday. And, yeah, it's, it's not a long trip. So I would think a lot of people will be there in Waco ready to, you know, try to rile it up and, and wear purple. And, Matt, I hope, like, I hope Reggie Bush and Urban and all that crew make some room for you on the big noon kickoff show. I feel like – I know you're doing the tailgate show as well, but I think yeah. you need to be in the mix there on Saturday morning helping those guys out. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, some of these uh, people that do the home repairs or whatever it is they do, they always put them on 
But uh, I have done a lot of work with Fox over the years, both FoxSports.com and with uh, Colin Cowherd. You would think they would get me involved. I don't think they will. I, I think maybe if I go find out, get some shiplap, or go redo some houses or something, I could maybe get on there. But um, having a little trouble getting onto the Fox stage, that's okay. Good folks. I think Reggie's going to be on with us later this week. Reggie Bush, and I'll ask him some of your uh, some of your frog questions. Um, golly, that's just amazing when you look at some of these local kids that are on these teams. And I was thinking the other night, Quentin Johnston. I, I didn't get I – w- I was having to watch that Baylor game. Um, usually I get to watch Baylor games. That was a mess the other night. How did Quentin Johnston look? It was kind of uh, up in the air whether he was going to be a go. And then earlier in the day we found out he was going to give it a go and play. Did he – did he look fine? Did he look somewhat limited? What did uh, I know? There wasn't a ton of offense in that game. How did he look out there? The uh, the TCU all everything wide receiver. He looked a little hobbled, but he he got it out. He had three catches for sixty six yards. They were all big catches. Okay. He had a thirty one yard touchdown catch on what was a looked like a coverage bust by Texas, and then had a big catch on third and three when they had to get a first down to keep the ball and keep it out of Texas's hands. They were they would have to punt if they didn't get that, and then Texas would have a chance to go down and tie it with about three minutes left. So, you know, you could tell he was hurting a little bit. I don't know if that's going to get better week to week or if that's just something he'll sort of have to deal with. <laughs> but um, the offense is much better when he's on the field, and he was able to get out there and make a few plays on Saturday. All right. I, I, I hope they don't – I hope they don't uh, – uh, I hope they don't rest him. Uh, against the Bears, that would be the ultimate slap in the face. But uh, actually, I hope they do. But, uh, uh, wow, I'm getting some reports from one of my guys in the field that uh, when he was at Temple in games versus Midway did not – did not put up great yards. I love how the Midway, the Midway fans, one of my buddies, Sean out there, giving me some good stats on oh, man. Johnson. They, they, yeah, they locked him down in Hewitt, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. My goodness. To hold that guy to three catches, they must have not let him in the stadium. Gee whiz. <laughs> that is a really nice job by Midway out there. Steven, I, uh, always fun to catch up with you and, uh, Aaron was excited. I was excited. The people out here at Richard Carr, Toys for Tots, I, I kind of fudged and said you might be dropping by and got everybody. Of course, they're all waiting till 6 and couldn't get you out here on site. But uh, look forward to being with you in person soon. And um, I hope you get to maybe bring some of your family members. Now, you've got some really young family members. Uh, we're, we're talking younger than even toddlers. Uh, so I don't know what your plan is. Are you going to get to come to the game or not? Yeah, I'm planning on being there, so I'll see you. I'll see you Saturday, Matt. Wow. Live in the flesh there. Yeah, I wouldn't sit with your mom if I were you, because boy, it's, <laughs> she is going to be in your face if she'll, the Bears yeah, pull she'll off. Yeah, she'll be ready to rush the field if they pull off the upset. I know that for sure. <laughs> There's no Big Twelve rule that will keep her off that field. So, uh, <laughs> but give her, yeah, give her my best. I hope to see some of the Simcoxes. Your dad may have a book. Uh, at the game, but we'll uh, we'll get we'll get everybody out there and have a good time. All right, Stephen, I appreciate you. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. There you go, Stephen Simcox, longtime member of ESPN Central Texas, and uh, good to have him on. And a TCU expert, you can hear him on that Locked In podcast. All right, more from our toy.